Hello, and welcome to the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. I am your host, Terrence M. Stanton. This is episode six, and we are recording on the evening of Wednesday, October 6th, 2021. I would like to begin with day two of the Our Lady of Fatima Novena, and then we will move on to discuss um, praying for the consecration of Russia by offering a 54-day rosary novena. So let us begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. O Most Holy Virgin Mary, you came to Fatima to reveal the graces that come from praying the Holy Rosary to three little shepherd children. Inspire us with a sincere love of this devotion, so that, like the shepherd children, it is not a burdensome task, but a life-giving prayer. May our prayers and meditations on the mysteries of our redemption bring us closer to your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Our Lady of Fatima, we pray that we may be like you and follow your example. We pray for all those who face oppression, that they will find peace. We pray and give thanks for all the blessings we enjoy. Lord Jesus, the miracles, prophecies, and prayers that your mother brought to us at Fatima amaze the whole world. We are certain of her closeness to you. We ask through the intercession of Our Lady of Fatima that you graciously hear and answer our prayers. Especially, I would like to pray for the spiritual and temporal welfare of Pope Francis, that he might attain heaven by the grace of Almighty God. Our Lady of Fatima, pray for us. Our Lady of the Rosary, pray for us. Immaculate Heart of Mary, pray for us. From nuclear war, from incalculable self-destruction, from every kind of war, deliver us. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now let's move on to the Fatima Center's prayer for the consecration uh, or praying, rather, for the consecration of Russia by offering a 54-day rosary novena. A little bit of background on that. This was authored by a gentleman named David Rodriguez on October 1st. So when he says today, he's actually talking about last Friday. He begins by saying, Today begins the month dedicated to the Holy Rosary. This coming Thursday, October 7th, is the Feast of Our Lady of the Rosary formerly known as the Feast of Our Lady of Victory. On that day, the Fatima Center will begin a 54-day Rosary Novena, with its specific intention being the defeat of the enemies of the one true Church of Jesus Christ, and for world peace, through the consecration of Russia to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, in the manner requested by Our Lady of Fatima. The Novena will conclude the day after Advent begins, Monday, November 29, 2021. It is only by this consecration that our world will be granted a period of peace, the conversion of Russia to the Catholic faith, and the avoidance of greater chastisements, including the prophesied annihilation of nations. I am convinced that this consecration is also the only way to prevent the new world order from being established. With alarming rapidity, the situation in the world is worsening. Nature is clearly disturbed, as evidenced by earthquakes and volcanic eruptions around the globe. Unrest and popular demonstrations blanket many nations. The terrible specter of war hangs over the world. Popular, quote, democratic elections are now suspect. 
Healthcare practices are seriously questioned. Many worry about job security. Increasingly despotic governments severely restrict personal freedoms. The ability to ask questions, to discuss and debate objective evidence, or to challenge the predominant narrative has been canceled. So what are we to do? We have to pray the rosary every day, and ever more devotedly. We have to wear our brown scapular faithfully. We have to practice the first Saturday devotion of reparation each month. We must do our duty and keep God's commandments. We must offer penances and reparation for our sins and the sins of others. We must pray for the Pope and all church leaders. As more people live thus, we will merit the graces necessary for the Pope and the bishops to consecrate Russia to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. There is no other solution. This consecration is the only way to bring about a great conversion among mankind and a glorious renewal and flourishing of both the Catholic Church and society as a whole. We must believe this ever more firmly and share this truth with everyone around us. The 54-day Rosary Novena actually consists of six consecutive novenas. The first three novenas are offered in petition for a specific intention, and the second three novenas are offered in thanksgiving for the prayer being answered. When praying this 54-day Rosary Novena, it is customary not to follow the regular pattern of praying the Joyful Mysteries on Monday and Thursday, the Sorrowful on Tuesday and Friday, and the Glorious on Wednesday and Saturday. Rather, on the first day, meditate on the Joyful Mysteries, on the second, the Sorrowful, on the third, the Glorious, on the fourth, the Joyful Mysteries again, and continue thus throughout the 54 days. A card is often helpful to keep track of the days and mysteries. Find it here, and if you go to the Fatima.org website, they have a hyperlink for that. Some people also choose to follow a particular method when praying this novena. There are certain prayers which can be used to begin and conclude the five decades, as well as a brief meditation before each mystery. This structure also affords a particular place which the specific intention of the novena is stated, takes into account Our Lady's cherished title of Queen of the Most Holy Rosary, and ensures that the first three novenas are intentionally offered in petition and the latter three in thanksgiving. These prayers are devotional, not mandatory. If you would like to use them, they are included in the Fatima Center's updated and expanded Pray the Rosary booklet. We will also be posting PDF versions of the prayers at our website through the 54-Day Rosary Novena event page. A short history of the 54-Day Rosary Novena. This powerful novena dates back more than 100 years to a church-approved apparition of the Blessed Virgin Mary in Naples, Italy. It occurred during the reign of Pope Leo XIII, often known as the Pope of the Rosary because he published 12 encyclicals on the Holy Rosary between 1883 and 1898. He never ceased to promote and popularize the daily recitation of Our Lady's Psalter. The young daughter of a commander, Fortuna Agrelli, lay close to death. She had been suffering intensely for 13 months from three separate incurable diseases. Prominent physicians had already abandoned hope, but the suffering girl and her, fa and her faithful family placed all their trust in the Blessed Mother. They began a novena of rosaries on February 16, 1884. 
They persevered in this pious prayer for two weeks, with their pleas seeming to pass unanswered. Nevertheless, as with the persistent widow and the gospel, their undaunted faith coupled with an unrelenting knocking opened the doors of heaven. On the third day of March, the Queen of the Most Holy Rosary appeared to the afflicted child in marvelous beauty, sitting on a high throne decorated with flowers. The infant Jesus was on her lap. Mother and child, clad in gold-embroidered garments, were accompanied by St. Dominic and St. Catherine of Siena. Under this particular appearance, the Blessed Virgin Mary is frequently venerated by the title of Our Lady of Pompeii. Holding a rosary in her hand, Our Lady looked with motherly compassion upon the suffering maiden, who implored, Queen of the Holy Rosary, be gracious to me, restore me to health. I have already prayed to thee in a novena, O Mary, but have not yet experienced thy aid. I am so anxious to be cured. Child, responded the Blessed Virgin, thou hast invoked me by various titles, and hast always obtained favors from me. Now, since thou hast called me by that title so pleasing to me, Queen of the Holy Rosary, I can no longer refuse the favor thou dost petition, for this name is most precious and dear to me. Make three novenas, and thou shalt obtain all. The Agrelli family promptly obeyed Our Lady, and upon completing the sixth set of rosary novenas, Fortuna experienced a miraculous cure. A most powerful novena. The Queen of the Holy Rosary appeared to Fortuna a second time, famously saying, Whosoever desires to obtain favors from me should make three novenas of the prayers of the rosary in petition and three novenas in thanksgiving. Thus began this most powerful and heaven-sent devotion, now known as the 54-day Rosary Novena. It consists of praying five decades of the rosary each day for 27 consecutive days in petition, followed immediately by five decades each day for 27 consecutive days in thanksgiving, whether you have obtained the favor or not. In this way, we foster and strengthen our complete and trustful surrender to the Queen of the Holy Rosary. After Fortuna was miraculously secured, Pope Leo XIII was so deeply moved by the report of this miracle, wrought through the power of Our Lady's Holy Rosary, that he indulgenced the, the no, excuse me that he indulgenced the novena, and in many of his encyclicals he urged upon all the faithful a strong devotion and love for the Holy Rosary. It was further promoted by Blessed Bartolo Longo at the shrine dedicated to Our Lady of Pompeii. The story of Bartolo Longo is particularly noteworthy for our times, because after becoming a satanic priest and avowed enemy of the Catholic Church, Our Lady granted him an amazing and inspiring conversion. Many miracles have been wrought through this novena, and so it has been called the Irresistible Novena and the Miracle Novena. It is known as a laborious novena because it requires much more perseverance than other novenas. Yet, for this reason, it is also known as a novena of great faith and love. I myself have prayed it several times, and on each occasion my prayers have been answered, though not always when or how I expected. Our Lady of Fatima and the 54-Day Rosary Novena We also do well to remember that when the child seers at Fatima asked Our Lady her name, she responded by saying, our Lady of the Rosary, which is a close variation of the title by which she is invoked in this particular novena. Thus, Our Lady herself 
established a profound connection between her apparition to Fortuna Agrelli and her apparitions to Lucia dos Santos and her cousins, Saints Francisco and Jacinta Marto. Our Lady also appeared to Fortuna just a few months before Pope Leo XIII's famous vision of our Lord granting Satan more power to try and destroy his church. He had this vision on October 13, 1884, precisely 33 years before the miracle of the sun. It was after this terrifying vision that Pope Leo penned a prayer to St. Michael the Archangel and requested that certain prayers be offered by all the faithful after every low Mass. Most Catholics know that Our Lady of Fatima requested that all Catholics pray five decades of the rosary every day. If we live according to the message of Fatima and pray a rosary every day, then it is second nature to make a 54-day rosary novena because we continue our normal prayer routine and simply fix the same intention throughout this period. On the other hand, for those who are not accustomed to praying the rosary daily, as Our Lady repeatedly and insistently requested at Fatima, there is perhaps no better way to establish this habit than by praying a 54-day rosary novena. Here I add my personal testimony. And Mr. Rodriguez says the following, I grew up in a family that was very devoted to Our Lady of Fatima, and we prayed the family rosary often, though not every evening. I attended a seminary for several years, earned a master's degree in theology, spent a year at a Cistercian monastery, began to attend the traditional Latin Mass, and still I had not developed the habit of praying the rosary daily. I got married and began to have children. We heard numerous sermons on how important it is to pray the rosary every day. And still, we did not pray the rosary consistently. It was not until our family experienced a terrible crisis and we sought to pray a 54-day rosary novena that we developed the firm and unshakable habit of doing what Our Lady requested, pray the rosary every day. Incidentally, our intention was answered. There was still plenty of suffering, yet the answer was far more wondrous than we ever imagined. Pray with great faith. With God's grace supplying for our weaknesses, we offer these 54 rosaries with as much faith, hope, and charity as possible, knowing that Our Lady will intercede on our behalf, that she is all-powerful with God, and that our Heavenly Father will give good things to his children who thus ask. Thus ends the article. If you would like to join in on the 54-day Rosary Novena, there's more information available for you at the Fatima Center, which is Fatima.org, and it's a beautiful devotion. So if you have not been praying the Rosary daily, tomorrow would be a great day to start, October 7th, the Feast of Our Lady of the Rosary, also known as the Feast of Our Lady of Victory. I wanted to talk at this point about the four marks of the church. I brought this up to one of my classes today. The church is one. The church is holy. The church is Catholic. And the church is apostolic. Those are the four distinctive marks, the four distinctive ways that we know that the Catholic Church is the church founded by our Lord Jesus Christ, the one true church. 
Now, it's quite a thing in this day and age of relativism and what might be true for one person is not true for another person. No, there is such a thing as objective moral truth. There is such a thing as right and wrong, and it pertains to everyone. And there is one true religion. It's the Catholic religion. And we can know it because it is one. Although an individual bishop or priest or layman might not hold fast to particular teachings, it is one church. It's indivisible. And it's had the same doctrine, it's had the same dogmas. Since the beginning, we can more fully understand them. As St. John Henry Cardinal Newman wrote in his essay on the development of Christian doctrine, but it's still one church. It's indivisible. If you look at the Protestant denominations, there are over 40,000 of them. There's no unity there. You hear this phrase quite a bit nowadays amongst some Christians, unity and diversity. That doesn't quite get to the heart of the matter. There can only be unity in the truth. And there is only one true church, the Catholic Church. So we know that the Catholic Church is one. Catholic Church is also holy, the second mark of the church, the true church. What do I mean by that? Well, the Catholic religion was founded by our Lord Jesus Christ. Lutheranism was founded by Martin Luther, who's a man. The Wesleyan religion was founded by John Wesley. Mormonism, or the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, was founded by Joseph Smith. Islam was started by Muhammad, if he actually exist, existed. There's scant historical evidence for the uh, character known as Muhammad. Talk about unpopular things to say nowadays. No, there, there's scant historical evidence that Muhammad even existed. To give you a for instance, the first biography written about him came roughly 150 years after he was said to have died. That would be akin to the first biography about Abraham Lincoln being written now. I tend to be of the opinion that Muhammad didn't even exist. But if he did, he was just a man. So every religion that you're talking about, you know, you can go on down the line. Buddhism, founded by a man, Siddhartha Gautama, and, and on and on. Founded by a man, founded by a woman. You might say, well, what about Judaism? Well, the Jewish religion was started by God, but it was completed, it was fulfilled by our Lord Jesus Christ. I think it was Rosalind Moss, who is now a, uh, a, a Catholic religious, said something to the effect of the most Jewish thing 
excuse me, the most Jewish thing a Jew can do is become Catholic because Jesus is the promised Messiah. He's everything that the Jews had hoped for and prayed for. Uh, Some mistakenly were looking for a great military conqueror, a warlord of some sort, but he came as the Prince of Peace. He is merciful love in the flesh. And he founded the one true faith, the Catholic religion. So all these other religions were founded by men or women. The Catholic Church was founded by the God-man, our Lord Jesus. Thanks be to God. So the church is one, the church is holy. Then that third word, Catholic, going back to the Greek word katholikos, meaning universal. And even though the mass might be said in the vernacular nowadays, uh, it's still the mass. And of course, one of the great signs of universality, and I recommend this to anyone who's listening, is to come to the traditional Latin mass. It's beautiful. Experience that. Um, such a such a, a reverent liturgy, such a beautiful liturgy, liturgy. You really sense the sacred and something supernatural is happening there. I absolutely love the traditional Latin Mass or attend Divine Liturgy. But we see the universality of the Church and the fact that uh, the same Mass could be said in New York, that is said in California, that is said in Brazil, that is said in Australia, when they actually let them have Mass, you know, with how wacky things are today, that is said in Cameroon, that's said all over the world. It's still the Mass. And when the priest says the words of consecration, no matter where he is in the world, by the miracle of transubstantiation, the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ comes to us. What a gift. So that universal nature, that universal character of the church, no matter where you are in the world, it's the Catholic religion, one and the same. So the church is one, it's holy, it's Catholic, meaning universal around the world, and it's apostolic. It's apostolic. This is key, too. The Diocese of Buffalo, currently, my diocese, the bishop is Bishop Michael Fisher. And he was consecrated by bishops who, in turn, were consecrated by other bishops. And they can trace their spiritual lineage, if you will, all the way back. If you went back all the way to Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and the 12 apostles. Isn't that amazing to think about? No other religion can make such a claim. No other religion uh, that claims to have uh, pastors, that claims to have clergymen, They don't have that apostolic succession 
that goes all the way back to our Lord and the Twelve. Catholic Church has that. That is amazing to think about. So I just wanted to end our discussion today with a little talk about the four marks of the one true faith. The church is one, holy, Catholic, and apostolic. Those four distinctive signs that you are a member of the one church of God. Let us close today in a prayer. Thank you once again for listening to the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. It's such a pleasure to be bringing these shows to you, all for the glory of God and the honor of the Blessed Virgin Mary and the honor of St. Joseph. Let us honor Our Lady by praying. In nomine Patris, et Filii, et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria, Mater Dei, ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostrae. Amen. Virgo potens, ora pro nobis, Sancti Joseph, terra daemonem, ora pro nobis. In nomine Patris, et Filii, et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Thanks once again for listening. This is Terence M. Stanton signing off. Goodbye, and God love you.